Hello, my name is Father Edward Looney, and you are listening to the podcast, How They Love Mary, a podcast that I hope will either be the beginning or the deepening of your Marian devotion. You know that I know many saints have had a devotion to Our Lady. I've written about St. Therese's devotion to Our Lady in my book, How They Love Mary, available from Sophia Institute Press. And one of the hallmark devotions of St. Therese was this reality that the statue of Our Lady in her bedroom came to life, smiled at her, and obtained the grace of healing for St. Therese from her sickness. And St. Therese remained devoted to Our Lady throughout the rest of her life. And uh, when she was on a pilgrimage with her family, with her father, she was able to uh, visit a few Marian shrines, especially Our Lady of Victory in Paris. So uh, she has a devotion to Our Lady. And St. Therese, you know, she was a young girl and enters the Carmelite Monastery and uh, is known now as the patron of missionaries. Even though she remained in her monastery all of her life, dies at a young age, she didn't travel the world, but yet she's the patron saint of missionaries. And there is a book now out from Sophia Institute Press called I Would Like to Travel the World. And it addresses St. Therese of Lisieux. Now it is written by a bishop uh, named Guy Goucher. He's deceased. We'll learn a little bit about him uh, in our conversation today. And so we are going to be speaking with Mary Beth Bracey, who is one of the publicity coordinators with Sophia Institute Press. She's the spokesperson for a dead author, and she's going to be speaking with us today about this book, I Would Like to Travel the World, so we can understand how St. Therese maybe as a mission patron of missionaries, how she was a missionary in her life, how she's able to travel the world, even though she was a cloister nun and has been with the Lord for many years. So thanks so much, Mary Beth, for joining me today. Thank you very much, Father. I'm very happy to be here. And I must say and acknowledge that you are the reason why a lot of the Sophia Institute Press authors join me on my podcast you uh, write nice emails to me and say, here are four books. Would you consider interviewing any of these authors? And sometimes uh, I just don't think it'll fit with the schedule. So so there are some that I don't say yes to. But then the ones I'm very interested in that I can figure out how I can incorporate it, uh, they do get included. And so uh, longtime listeners will know that we've talked with lots of authors from Sophia Institute Press. And I'm very blessed that Sophia has published uh, several of my books, including A Lenten Journey with Mother Mary and How They Love Mary, and a perfect book for the Eucharistic Revival, Meditations After Holy Communion. So uh, yeah, I'm very grateful for the good work you do at Sophia, and uh, you're one of my favorite publishers. I've worked with lots of publishers. You're my favorite one, one of mine, I should say, that I work with. So um yeah, well, let's talk a little bit about St. Therese of Lisieux, because she is the focus of this book, I Would Like to Travel the World, by the bishop, Guy Goucher. And uh, could you just maybe tell us, first of all, who is this bishop, and what gives him the authority to write about uh, St. Therese? Sure. Um, so he was actually the, the auxiliary bishop of St. Therese's hometown in Lisieux, and he published many books on St. Therese. And he actually contributed to the um, critical editions of her works, which needed to be completed in order for her to become a doctor of the church. 
So he was very intimately involved with the works of Therese, probably knew them very, very well. And actually, when I Google searched him, uh, trying to find, you know, the book and learn a bit more about it and such, uh, uh, I saw that he had written quite a bit about St. Therese of Lisieux. So so he would be one of the many scholars of St. Therese. I know there is another bishop, and this isn't a book published by Sophia, but uh, St. Therese wrote these letters to Maurice who was a seminarian, and that was written by a bishop, and uh, his name escapes me, it might be Bishop Patrick Ahrens, if I'm not mistaken, but, uh, you know, so another bishop. So so what I found as a clergyman is that lots of bishops have a devotion at St. Therese. In fact, uh, Bishop Barron has a very strong devotion to St. Therese, uh, but also then there are a lot of priests, lots of seminarians, the lay faithful have devotion to St. Therese. So uh, I find that she's a very popular saint. And uh, I'm thinking you probably have a devotion to St. Therese too. So could you share a little bit about that? Oh, certainly. So St. Therese, I discovered her when I was preparing for my confirmation and I was flipping through a Lives of the Saints book and I saw her picture and was attracted to it. And the description said something about how she kind of gave a shortcut to heaven. And I'm like, that's what I need. So I chose her name for my confirmation. And as it turned out, we share the same birth date. And um, her feast day is actually on my mother's birthday as well, which is kind of neat. But long story short, over the years, she's helped me. And in the words of some of the people in, in the book, um, I've experienced many Therese winks before. Um, so a lot of signs of her intercession with, with my own vocation and just with so many other things as well for different intentions, for healing, for different people I was praying for and so on. Have you ever prayed that St. Therese Novena that we ask for a flower, a rose? Uh, have you received a grace? Have you received a rose from St. Therese? Yes. Yes. On more than one occasion, for sure. Yeah, I know that I've prayed that prayer, and I usually always ask, and people see there's a statue of Our Lady of Lourdes right behind me, and uh, so I always ask for a yellow rose, typically, because that's a, a rose color that was associated with the apparition of Our Lady of Lourdes in France, and that's just, a, it's kind of an out-of-the-ordinary rose color, so so that's how I usually know that St. Therese has obtained uh, that grace uh, or that direction that I was looking for uh, through that intercession uh, that I was seeking from hers. So I think all the people who are devotees of Therese, and I know people who've read lots of Therese, so they've probably read the story of the story of, of a soul. They've they've read, you know, kind of about her her family. They've read these works, uh, and, and again, these lots of people have written about Therese. Hans Urs von Balthasar has a, a book that he wrote about the two Teresas. Uh, Fulton Sheen had a book he wrote about Therese of Lisieux. So, so, so many people are writing about her. So people are always drawn to her. And I think this will be great uh, for them to uh, understand another element, to, to really see a work of about Therese that hasn't been available in English before. So what is the premise of this work, I Would Like to Travel the World? So it's divided into three parts. And the first part is about Therese the Miracle Maker. The second one is about Therese the Doctor and the third part, Therese the Missionary. Um, and as, as you mentioned, so many people are devoted to her and there are so many books about her. I, I admit since I'm devoted to her, I'm kind of 
you know, I always look at things kind of with a discerning eye and say, do I really want to read that? But I have over two bookshelves at home with just Therese books, and this is one of my new favorites. Um, and the reason for that is because it's so relevant to our times. So in the first section, Therese, the miracle worker, the miracles took place from the 1990s to the present day. And there are 17 different testimonies. And it's everything from infants to young adults to the elderly being healed. Um, and sometimes it was people who had completely lost their faith or weren't really familiar with the faith or maybe even from other traditions. And oftentimes they were in really desperate situations and there were so many healings of body, mind, and spirit. So um, Pius XII said that she is the greatest saint of modern times and the most famous miracle maker of modern times. And you can definitely see that shine through these pages. Uh, Bishop Goucher talked about how she, the intercession of St. Therese, he described it as a storm of glory. So basically this cascade of roses that's just kind of falling throughout the world. And you can see that really evident throughout the book um, as she traveled, for instance, even with her relics, although she never left her convent, she became a missionary and she traveled with her relics to five different continents. Um, and so many graces and miracles were attributed. Yeah, I remember back maybe in... I don't know what year, but it was in the early 2000s, so probably 2005, 2006. I remember the relics of St. Therese coming to the Diocese of Green Bay. I don't think I went to it. I know the places where they were, but I wasn't uh, privy to to be able to visit. Now, I've been blessed. I, I've gone to Lisieux, France. I've I've been uh, to the convent of Lisieux. I've been to the house in Lisieux. So uh, I've been very fortunate uh, to to see those places to pray before her actual body and such. So, um, so the Therese of Lisieux, then her her relics traveling. That's a that's a component of this book. And is that one of the reasons why it's called "I Want to Travel the World"? Or did Saint Therese actually say that "I want to travel the world"? She actually said that, and in her autobiography, Story of a Soul, she said that it was her vocation um, to be an apostle. And so it was her desire not only to have one mission, because that wouldn't be enough for her, but to preach the gospel on all the five continents simultaneously, and even to the most remote isles. Um, so definitely, that's one of the, the parts of this book. It, as um, Bishop Goucher said, it's really written out of the desire of St. Therese to praise the mercies of the Lord. So to show how healing still happened today. And you mentioned that popes have praised St. Therese and called her one of the great miracle workers of, of the modern age and such. And, and uh, it's interesting because another thing you mentioned is that as the book is divided into three parts, one of them is the fact that she's a doctor of the church. She leaves us this spiritual memoir, The Story of a Soul, and that book has so many spiritual insights, her little way, that that catapults her to be one of the doctors of the church and one of the very few women who are a doctor of the church. So uh, what are some of the spiritual insights of St. Therese that are applicable to us today? Yes, so um, as you noted, she's one of the only three women who's a doctor of the church, and she's also the youngest. Um, and John Paul II, when he 
said he was going to declare her a doctor. I was very excited because I was actually at World Youth Day in Paris when he made that declaration. I admit I did a cartwheel in the street at that time. Um, he said it was because she is an expert in the science of love. And I think one of the most evident things about her spirituality is it, it's a little doctrine of confidence and love. And so it's something that everyone can relate to, whether they're you know, a young adult or whether they're a priest or consecrated. Um, it's something that really appeals and applies to everyone. And that's actually one of the requirements to become a doctor of the church is it has to be a standard that's useful for everyone. Um, so it, all of her writings went through extensive uh, scrutiny from like the Congregation for the Causes of the Saints and the Doctrine of the Faith and so on. Um, and her teachings are so simple, but at the same time, so wise. And it's like, she helps guide us in whatever state of life we're in, in order to develop that confidence and that love in God and to trust him fully and obtain his mercy. And as we're talking about St. Therese and the fact that she is a miracle worker, many people have obtained graces through her intercession that she's a doctor of the church. We've touched a little bit about the fact that she was a missionary in virtue after her death through the relics traveling, a missionary by the fact that she prayed for missionaries. Now, um, I think one of the hallmarks of St. Therese's life, though, too, was a great love for priests of the church. And so uh, what, what can you say? Because I think, you know, that her being the patron saint of missionaries well, a priest is a missionary by nature of, of his work. Some are actual missionaries who go to foreign lands. But today in the church, we're always talking about missionary discipleship and such. So um, is that an aspect of her being a missionary was kind of praying for uh, priests and for their mission and their work? Yes, for sure. Um, actually, one of my favorite quotes by St. Therese is when she says something to the effect of, by our little acts of charity practice hidden in, in the shade, we help to build um, actual places for our Eucharistic Lord. And she did say that above all, she came to save souls and to pray for priests. Um, so that was really very close to her heart. And you mentioned before the beautiful book um, about Maurice and Therese by Bishop Ahern. And I know that some priests who maybe started reading Story of a Soul, for instance, and thought maybe this is a little too flowery for me, picked up that book and just fell in love with St. Therese because you can really see her spirituality and her understanding of the sufferings of others and how we can unite those to the sufferings of Christ and become saints. For you, what's one thing that kind of fascinated you? Because uh, again, you're kind of like a connoisseur of St. Therese of Lisieux. You have all of these books that, on your bookshelves about her. So uh, as you read Bishop Gaucher's book, uh, what was the one thing that really stood out to you? I think um, in addition to all of the physical healings, and there were some really amazing healings, like doctors that experienced healings or people who were healed of anxiety or depression or who were paralyzed. Um, the thing that really struck me the most is as her relics went to different places, especially in today's day and age, people think, oh, is anyone going to show up? Because do people even understand what a relic is anymore? But it was just, um, as Bishop Goucher said, it was this spontaneous evangelization and this spiritual epic. And all of these people came out 
regardless of whether it was in Europe or South America or North America, not only tens of thousands of people, but for instance, at World Youth Day in Paris, there was over a million people. Um, and so just the number of people that came out and also the number of spiritual conversions, because there would be confessions in the street or there would be round the clock vigils with Mary and devotions. There would be Eucharistic adoration. Um, people were singing St. Therese's poems. And some of these people um, were had a lot of animosity to the church beforehand, but maybe they just saw her picture and were attracted. And she really touched their heart and worked for their conversion. And they also brought her relics to churches and hospital, hospitals, retirement homes, monasteries, seminaries, prisons. They even brought her relics um, to Dachau concentration camp. So she literally went into the darkest places and brought the light of Christ um, to the people and so many different cures occurred. Yeah, now I think that some people have a reservation. You kind of mentioned that maybe sometimes people, they uh, as they uh, read the story of a soul, maybe they find a little saccharine or whatever. And so maybe they're dismissive of it. And uh, maybe they put down the book. And uh, so what's your encouragement to someone who maybe has tried to pursue devotion to St. Therese and maybe was discouraged in it, that uh, kind of just left it? How how do you think or why or what would you say to them to to maybe encourage them to pick up devotion to her again? Um, that's an excellent question. So I know one of the testimonies in the books, for instance, was from a doctor who was just really feeling very discouraged and depressed. And he saw her book on a bookshelf when he was walking down the street. So he picked it up and he started reading it. And he's like, no, this, this is too sappy. Um, but then something touched his heart and he picked it up again and he was completely transformed. He started living a fervent faith life and he just, um, he felt healed and renewed of his discouragement and it gave him a whole new lease on life. So sometimes I think that maybe just saying to St. Therese, you know, I don't, I don't know if, if I can really understand what you're saying or relate to you. Um, you know, if this is important to me, then, you know, help me. Um, or show me that you're, a lot of people refer to her as their sister, you know, basically, um, a, a little prayer I say every day is, um, little flower, show your power in this, my needy hour, and then Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Um, so I guess sometimes just saying, you know, if, if you're for real, um, please intercede for me and help me in my situation. Yeah, I think that's powerful. When we think about the lives of saints, like St. Therese of Lisieux or Padre Pio or list any saint, even I think of some venerables and I, I have visited a lot of the graves of venerables or servants of God, like Samuel Kelly or Frederick Barga. And uh, there's just something that's inspiring about their lives. And when I read about them, like it really invites me to be a better person, to be a better follower of Jesus. And of course, that's what the Gospels, that's what they call us to do. The Gospels call us to be better followers of Jesus. Like when we hear what Jesus says, we should then want to live it. We should want to put it into action in our life. And I think then we also, not only do we live the scriptures, but then as we have these holy heroes 
that they model for us uh, the life of a Christian. And, and maybe we see something in them and we say, well, I want to incorporate that in my own life. So I think the saints are very inspiring in that matter. And uh, what you just said a few moments ago is that, you know, someone picked up the book and it gave them a new lease on life. And even in Therese's life, while she was still alive, there was that individual who was going to be uh, put to death. And she interceded for that person. And and really that person probably wouldn't have had the grace of conversion if it wasn't for Therese. And so he kind of, you know, maybe stole heaven maybe uh, because of the prayers of St. Therese as he was up, as he came to the end of his life at the guillotine. So um, yeah, there's these powerful stories uh, with St. Therese, uh, even in her life of how she's offered that grace of conversion. Definitely, for sure. Um, and I like how you used her phrase, how how he stole heaven, um, because she would oftentimes talk about that, even with the little ones who um, went to heaven early, how they were the thieves who stole heaven. Yeah, so St. Therese enters the monastery, kind of very unique. Her family, uh, her sisters also were nuns. Uh, her parents now are beatified. Maybe they're saints. Are they saints? Yes. Yeah, so they've been canonized saints. Uh, so so really this family then can speak to all families today to pursue holiness. So so what is the what is the example of that home in Lesu for people today, for families today? Oh, wow. I think that there are so many lessons we can draw from the Martin family. Um, and I think that especially also maybe for those who might think that St. Therese is too saccharine or that she never suffered, um, I think that uh, Trace's mother, St. Zelie Martin, um, lost several children when they were young, like either in infancy or when they were young. So St. Therese also lost those siblings. Um, but also St. Therese lost her own mother when she was just four of breast cancer. Um, after St. Therese entered the Carmel, her beloved father developed dementia. So she deals with a lot of things that people in modern times had to deal with. So I think that their family is very relative to us and we can relate to them and that they can intercede for us in all of these different sufferings or situations that people might face. Um, I think also, again, just that the whole sanctity in the ordinary, um, that you don't have to necessarily go to the other side of the world or to be a martyr, to be a saint but there's living out and being faithful to the duties of the moment um, and just doing everything with great love, as St. Therese would say. Mother Teresa took her name after St. Therese and used to say that to do small things with great love. Yeah, so there are so many great Teresa saints uh, and uh, St. Therese of Lisieux, inspired by Teresa of Avila. Therese of Lisieux influences Mother Teresa and the other Teresas as well. So yeah, very powerful. Um, what? So why should a person, you know, there's lots of books out there. Why should someone go over to Sophia Institute Press and pick up this book by Bishop Guy uh, about St. Therese and why she would like to travel the world? So I think that this is really a book for our times, especially when so many people um, are looking for a sense of the spiritual, when they're looking for hope, maybe when people have left church, are no longer going to mass for whatever reason. I think this is a really powerful antidote for that because 
the miracles are from our times, but also um, there's so many spiritual healings, people that return to the church. Um, it's it's just really inspiring. I, I had trouble putting down the first part of the book, especially um, because of the miracles and how relative they were. Um, you know, maybe someone who got in a car accident because they were drinking or another young person who was an addict, like all of these people who were in really extreme situations. Um, and then they just encountered St. Therese in a way and their lives were completely changed. Or maybe they were terminally ill in, in a hospital bed and someone sent them a relic of her. So, so many different stories that I think will really relate to people's lives and touch their hearts. Um, one of my favorites was this woman whose husband was critically ill and she had to run to the store and get something. And she happened to look down near her car and there was a relic of St. Therese and she found it. And she brought it back to his hospital bed. And she's like, I don't know if I believe in this. I don't know if I want to do anything. But she touched it to his head and he was immediately revived. Um, so just so many really powerful stories that I think will inspire people and give them a new friend for sure in St. Therese, um, a new powerful intercessor in heaven. Well, I always think we need saintly friends. We need their prayers. We need a their life and their story so that we can be inspired by them to imitate them in their holiness. And so uh, St. Therese might be your new spiritual companion. You know, I have a dream of traveling the world and I've had the opportunity to do so. But, uh, but uh, St. Therese, even though she didn't have that opportunity, is having that uh, now. So very powerful. And uh, this book is available, as you mentioned, from Sophia Institute Press. It's called I Would Like to Travel the World, and it's by Bishop Guy Goucher. So thanks so much, Mary Beth, uh, for joining me today and sharing a little bit about the significance of St. Therese. Thank you very much, Father. God bless you.